everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Ployer, and I'm the host of this weekly broadcast put on by Sped Homeschool, as well as its founder and CEO. We at Sped Homeschool empower families to home educate children with our families with uh, who have children with learning challenges. And I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com to learn more about the resources and support that we offer families. And I'm so excited this month, um, as well as every other month, we focus on a different topic. And and so this month we're focusing on medical issues and homeschooling, which um, a lot of people deal with and we, we don't talk about them too much. That's why we wanted to focus on them this month. So all of our blogs and all of our broadcasts this month that are coming out new are focusing around this topic to help you navigate that better. Um, and my guest today, and I'm going to pronounce her name correctly, is um, Valerie Basilvich. Is that? Basilvich. Basilvich. Yeah, I said it right when I was not. No, you did. <laughs> so, um, but, but yeah, I'll read a little bit of her bio and then I'm going to have her introduce um, herself a little bit more too. But um Valerie has earned her doctorate in medicine um, from Ohio State University and completed her family practice residency um, in Columbus, Ohio um, at Carmel Health. And she also earned her master herbalist degree in 2003 and doctorate in naturopathy um, in 2004 from Trinity School of Natural Health. And she's employed as a family practice physician from 1998 through 2005 and opened a health store called The Healthy Path in 2001, which later included naturopathic um, consultations starting in 2005 and then integrative medicine appointments with an emphasis on chronic Lyme disease and other tick-borne infectious and other chronic infectious diseases. So, so welcome, Valerie. I am just excited to to have you share, and thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to to be with us today. No problem. Homeschooling is a passion of mine, so I just like to help out whenever I can. Yeah. So, can you tell us why homeschooling is a passion of yours? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so it's an interesting story. Um, this uh, I was uh, had my kids when I was in medical school and residency, and, and so then went on to private practice and had my kids, and so I was trying to juggle was just really hard. Oh, I and can't I remember, even imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a tough one. Uh, but I remember when I was doing family practice that I had a lot of homeschooling patients come in. Um, mm. You know, and their families homeschooling families, and they the kids were always well disciplined, polite, uh, mm. they were very knowledgeable. And I'm like, boy, that sounds really interesting. So I, I always kept that in the back of my mind. And then um, at some point I realized, well, my kids had different issues, you know, when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were finally, my son was finally diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. And then, um, mm-hmm. which we didn't really know about. Um, right. And of course, a lot of the other diagnoses that go along with it, the sensory mm-hmm. integration dysfunction, ADHD, um, dysgraphia, central auditory processing disorder, the whole gamut. And wow. then we realized that, well, my daughter had problems too. And so she was diagnosed with PDD NOS, which is another type of autism. Right. So um, at that point, um, the principal of my son's school did not, um, totally did not understand Asperger's at all. And he refused mm, to sign the IEP. And he, my son was having some issues with, um, if someone would touch him, just like bumping him in the hall, right. he would be aggressive and push him back, you know, mm-hmm. so sometimes he'd grab his shoulder, try to get first in line. And so, you know, and so he would be a little aggressive, which he's not supposed to be doing. Right. Um, but setting those but, boundaries, that's natural. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, but the, 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 the principal just totally didn't get it. And at the mm. point I was having problems too with burnout with medical practice and so mm. I finally decided, you know, it's just best for if we all just, if we just go home. So this is going to be, I want, I'm going to start homeschooling them. And mm. um, I basically uh, quit my practice to, to homeschool my kids. And eventually over time, I started doing um, medicine from home. So it was a home-based oh. practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the best thing we ever did was to get the kids mm. out of public school and, uh, and to um you know, homeschooling myself. Um, they made so much more progress. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, we actually, it's a lifestyle. So homeschooling yeah, is a yes. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it was just an awesome one. And I just was so glad for that time. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. We, that's, that's so much the story of, of many people. It catches us by surprise and it's a nice surprise. <laughs> right. Yeah. Once you get into that lifestyle thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a little, just to finish a little bit of the history there, uh, later mm-hmm. about a year into it, 
um, I found out that we all actually had Lyme disease, which caused wow. a lot of these other problems. So, mm. so uh, my middle daughter was diagnosed with um, nonverbal learning disabilities. And so, so basically all three kids had problems. I'm like, how can I have three wow. kids with disabilities? You know, this is just really weird. Right. Um, but I found it was all due to Lyme. I had Lyme and passed it on to them. So the wow. um, so Lyme was the fundamental issue. And so once we got that into treatment, um, I eventually became a Lyme doctor um, and got the kids, you know, all, all taken care of and, um, you know, they did awesome. So yeah. I'll tell them about a little more about the journey as we go on. Yeah, definitely. So we'll be kind of talking about that and, and just, just discussing what you've learned through, you know, the, the process of, of homeschooling and, um, and the, the path that, that you started out on and it um, probably has, was a little daunting at the beginning. Um, yeah, it definitely is really yeah. scary. But, but the, the thought I had, because I was going back and forth, it's like, well, these are teachers. They're the professionals, you know, right. they, they can, you know <laughs> the whole thing is like, they can, they can do better. And then I, I someone pointed out to me like, no, I know my own child better than anybody else. Um, so, so that was, that was empowering. And then the other thought was, it's like, well, I couldn't do any worse than what the school was doing. <laughs> the school was messing up so many things. I mean, I was spending hours at night trying to teach them what they could mm. learn in school. And right. it was just so stressful. And I'm thinking, gosh, you know, I, I can do, I can, I can, can do at least as well, but it turned out I did much better. So. Yeah. Oh, that's a great story. Yes. We, um, we often find that is, is true. And usually it, our kids are falling further and further behind and and it, it is that nice respite that we can give them at home to to okay. learn an, an environment um so a question i wanted to ask you is what are some ways that parents can be mindful of their children's limitations um you know coming in especially as a new parent um and yet not allowing those setbacks to be used um as excuses for not learning that was probably one of our biggest challenges because um, with, with Lyme disease, um, each day can be different. Some days mm. they can be totally, you know, fine and just really into things. And, and then other days they're just sleeping and napping a little extra. They got a lot of brain fog going on, maybe right. some pain, uh, things like that. So each day was different. So I had to discern like, okay, what's real and what are they exaggerating because they don't want to mm. do their work. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's really tough. And of course, I was going through the same journey myself with Lyme too. So I had the mm. ups and down days as well. So I totally understood what they were going through. Yeah. And what I really finally came to realize is that, you know, kids really don't fake it. I don't think, at least at the younger ages, mm -hmm. um, if they're not feeling good. If they're laying on the sofa, it's not because they're lazy or yeah. you know, there's, there's something wrong, there's something wrong. So being empathetic. And so one of the morals we have, not morals, but things we had in our family was, I mean, like, it was basically just if um, you just had to do what you could when you could. So if mm. you're having a great day, we're going to do a little bit extra, but not pushing too hard. That, you right. know, makes yeah. it hard the next day. Um, but then other days, if they need to take off, you know, they took off. So mm. I was just trying to be that flexible about it and just seeing where they were at. Mm -hmm. I'm also trying to discern, like, sometimes they may not be able to do really complicated, like my girls were not into math. I mean, I mm -hmm. love math, but they were not. And so um, trying to have them do math on days where they were very brain foggy and just not feeling oh, good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, no, that wasn't going to work. Um, but they could do other things. You know, they could maybe read a book or mm -hmm. you know, they could uh, do some other projects, do some artwork, you know. Um, there's other things they could do. So trying to figure out how they were feeling and then trying to you know, help them with suggestions on what they can do on those days. Do. Oh, yeah, being really flexible with that. And, and yeah, like you said, flexible. morning is, yeah, you you, you would find out in the morning <laughs> what's our day going right. to look like. <laughs> right. And then on top of that, too, like kids, were there, they would sleep a long time, too. So, um, you mm -hmm. know, but that, but that was where it was the advantage because with homeschooling, you know, they could sleep in if they needed to. If they were in school, right. I mean, they'd be getting up at dawn, having to, you know, get into school and half, you know, a couple, couple hours later, I mean, they're done for the day, even though they still have more to go. So, right. so they, they had the flexibility and then they, that can maximize how they feel and then that mm. then they more learning done. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That, that kind of leads us into the, the whole routine thing. Um, you know, and, and you even talked about, you know, making this a, a lifestyle, but do you have any recommendations for families on how to incorporate, you know, different things into their homeschooling routines and what maybe makes that easier, like curriculum choices and, um, just maybe, um, some general like family practices, like you were talking about is, you know, just do it if you can do it. 
You know, most of us uh, tended to, um, we, we slept in and we sort of went to bed late. <laughs> so luckily we all had the same schedule. <laughs> right. Really good. Um, but, you know, you just had uh, the basic, basic things, like just having breakfast and brushing your teeth and, mm-hmm. you know, um, just you know, getting bathed, you know, that type of thing. Uh, bedtime routine, you know, that was very consistent. Um, but but each day, though, you know, in our case, was was pretty different. I wish we had more consistency. Uh, my son needed it way more. Uh, he needed very very structured, very rigid. Mm. Um, he liked the traditional curriculums, um, you mm-hmm. know, um, where it's, it's just you read this, you do these exercises in the book, you know, mm-hmm. maybe take a test, you know. Um, I mean, he liked that rigidity and just to know what was there. So, I, so his his life was a little more structured. And uh, when he started homeschooling, he was in seventh grade. Um, and so okay. I, because I also was sick, um, I really did not want to be, uh, I did not want to do public school at home. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was very much into, um, okay, we're just going to do education differently to what best for all of us together. Right. So um, um, I wasn't going to sit there and just teach for, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day. That, that, that yeah. was not going to work. Uh-huh. So what I did for, uh, for him and for my um, daughter, who's in fifth grade, uh, they had a weekly schedule and they were able to follow it themselves. So each day they had things that they, they needed to do. And then they had a lot mm-hmm. of free time um, you know, to do other things that they wanted to do. And I think when, yeah. you, when you're not feeling mm-hmm. good, um, I think it's really, really important for these kids to have some choice in their curriculum. Mm. Um, so because if, they, if they're not feeling good, I mean, they may not want to, like in my girl's case, learn mathematics, you know, um, mm-hmm. do that. But they, they could do other things. Um, my daughter, one daughter right. loved to write. I mean, she was mm. a writer. She loved to read. She could do that type of stuff all day long. So so, wow. so she had yeah. um, lots of credits with that. So um, so so we made allowances so she had time to do that. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was part of her. So each so each child had their things that they liked to do. It was, so there's certain things they had to do. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, just, just, okay, you have to know some basics here to, to graduate. Um, but then other times, giving them a lot of flexibility so that mm. they could choose what they wanted to do. Um, so that helped a lot. Great too. advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so the things just changed throughout the day. So it wasn't so much like, you know, the, here's the uh, schedule for the day like here at two o'clock you do this at three o'clock you do that right yeah not separated we didn't, we didn't time. Do that yeah because it varied it's just depending on how they felt it varied so much mm-hmm. so but but they sort of know at least for the week here's a ideally here's for the day what you know i suggest you work on mm-hmm. so that by the end of the week you know you can be finished and right. sometimes things got moved around a little bit depending yeah. on what's happening mm-hmm. but we had some guideline there um my my third child uh, she was more into the unschooling um, mm. she, she just, um, I mean, she thrived on unschooling, mm. um, and, uh, she had, uh, some really interesting courses and opportunities that she did. So a lot of her life was based on, uh, animals. She was in 4-H, uh, she mm. ended up being one of the top people at 4-H, uh, in the state. Um, but she mm. loved that. So, so it was very non-traditional mm-hmm. type of bookmark. So, my, so I had sort of the gamut. Everybody was different. My, right. when I started off, I was always thinking, Boy, it would be really nice if they all could just use these same books. <laughs> that didn't happen. Yeah, one, one was different. Well, um, yeah, I love that you say that because I think that's the pretty typical that way. But it's not yeah. what we have in our mind when we get started that this is what homeschooling is going to look like and why why we have so many yeah. books in our house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's just so many, and I think it's great to be flexible. I mean, so that's mm-hmm. that's just to see what your kids need. So if they're having illness, I mean, there might be times when the illness yeah. is. Um, I mean, it's just where they can't do any work at all those days, mm-hmm. you know, and then other times, you know, they can do more. So just really seeing what they can and can't do. And I think it's really important that they uh, are able to like, um, I'm not sure, um, basically choose what they want to work on. So what I'm mm-hmm. trying to mean by that is that my son was very much into sciences and math and history, you know, and oh, he loved yeah. okay. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Fine arts, no, he, he was mm-hmm. not in fine arts at all. English, no, that wasn't his thing either. So we right. did I mean, so much extra science, you know, so uh, extra you know, mm-hmm. history. I mean, he, we had, he had so many credits in those because he liked it and he would do that. Uh-huh. But, but if you had tried to tell him to do an art project, uh, like it wasn't going to happen, even if he felt <laughs> good. But, but if he didn't feel good. Oh, then it really wasn't going to happen. happen. <laughs> exactly. So, so they had basics they had to do, but each one's mm-hmm. credits, I mean, emphasized different things so they could maximize what they would do when they you know, end up getting out of school, whether it be college mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and so, so I think that that's, that's a real big take home message is to, you know, it's, it's, 
to not just just do what they do in school. So in other words, there's this many facts in the world, this much knowledge. Mm-hmm. When you're doing homeschooling, you're only going to get a big piece of it. It could be this piece, it could be that piece, it, you know, but it's not going to be everything. Right. And, and the public reason. school does the same thing. They just try to spread it out, you know, little yeah. bits here and there where, where you're kind of taking the more linear approach to this is what this child does good at. So let's stay within this track, maybe do a little things on the outside to give them a little bit of enrichment. But, but really stay within their interest area so that they're really, they, they have more mental energy to do school. Exactly. And then, again, That's my son had to learn how to write. a good idea. <laughs> the girls had to learn how to do their accounting, you know, their basic mm-hmm. math. I mean, they still had to do the basics, but, right. you know, but let's emphasize what, they're, what they really want to do. And it turned mm-hmm. out like my, one, my middle daughter, um, the other thing you can actually do with these kids is um, a lot of their therapies can be part of education. So, yes, um, I'd love for you to talk about that. Yeah, so so my youngest, um, she she really needed a lot of occupational therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, um, well, we we got involved in horseback riding. So instead of doing actual like, um, yeah, um, I forgot what they call it now. I just totally forgot the word. Oh, yeah, where they're just led on the horse. You know, they're actually doing somebody's doing therapy with them. Like she the hippo, hippotherapy. Hippotherapy. That's the word. Mm-hmm. So she didn't actually do that, but instead she just took lessons. So we just had private huh. lessons. Mm-hmm. And so it was like she learned to ride the horses the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was sort of like a accelerated hippotherapy. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um, but, but again, that was so therapeutic for her. She didn't have mm. instructions. She interacted with people. The animals were just great therapy for mm. her. So like I mentioned, she got a lot of, she actually has a, in high school credit in equine science. So she knew, mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, okay, this is this legitimate, you know? But turns right. she knew more than her cousin who took um, a, a horse class in college wow and she knew more than he did so I'm like I can give her credit for this you know yes. this is no problem yep. mm-hmm. um so um so that was one where you know it actually became credit for her that was part of her curriculum we thought at one point she was going to actually have a career in horses it turned out mm. that, that didn't happen but um and later on for example she, she needed to learn um I wanted her to, to know about Shakespeare okay but okay. Again, she you know, she uh, wasn't really um, the greatest at reading the plays at first. Mm-hmm. So we went to Shakespeare the- uh, Company um, to oh, watch yeah. plays. And then we would mm-hmm. talk about them afterwards. Mm-hmm. Well, then she decided she wanted to do acting. And I'm like, this is a kid with PDD and OS. Okay, wow. so <laughs> normally you're not interactive and into these things. Uh-huh. It turned out she ended up excelling with it. She learned people skills, wow. um, how to read Shakespeare, how to actually do Shakespeare. She played mm-hmm. Juliet her last year um, you know, at the company. Um, so that turned into a credit as well. Yeah. Um, That's such so, a good example of unschooling, which you just explained um, yeah. that and a lot of people don't understand that, but just following that interest and then really diving into it and and lo- seeing where where it goes. And and like you said, it opens doors to new interests that they never even realized they had. <laughs> Exactly. And so it turned out that that's where she got a lot of her people skills. And now she's mm. doing coaching, um, coaching wow. people. So again, something I would not have expected this kid to do at right. all. Right. <laughs> now we can't even tell she has, you know, any <laughs> And my other daughter, um, she loved ballet. So the reason why she started homeschooling to begin with was because there was just not enough time in the day to do school and dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, chose, so we chose to do dance. So that's when we took her out of public school. Mm-hmm. And so she dance every day and she turned out to be a professional ballet dancer wow. so she just loved it so much so so yeah mm-hmm. following interest is a real big key because again they'll do it because you know, right. mm-hmm. they can turn into a career or help them get into a career later on that they need right yeah it just helps them explore that and it's it's such a a, a non um judgmental environment to say, well, we're just trying it or we're just going to do a class in it and see what, what you think. And then they don't feel like that they, they've devoted their entire life already to something. <laughs> right. well, my, my middle daughter, when she uh, told me that the only reason why she likes soccer is because she liked the snacks after the game, it was like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're not going to do soccer anymore. She didn't really like it. So uh, we were actually got to try it and we got to see. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. So that, that was good. Yeah. Well, and she knew, she already knew that about herself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have like, like therapies can be either officially put in. So like sometimes mm. you therapy and we just counted that and that was put on their homeschool agenda for, for that right. week or mm-hmm. day. So it was put into there. So that was part. So it wasn't like they had to do their schooling and do therapies. We actually included it together. Got um, it. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and so um, I think that, um, 
because that was a helpful way of doing it too, because then it's like, mm-hmm. if that's all they got to do that day, well, they still did school. You right. Know? Yes. We've had many parents ask that question too. And they, they're like, well, it, my child's doing therapy for, you know, like many, many hours a, in a day. Well, and then how do I get all the reading, writing, math done? And it's like, you don't. <laughs> no, you really don't. Uh, so if you're in therapy for that long, long during a day, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of that that can be, um, like, like my middle daughter, um, she had a high school credit in disabilities care because part hmm. of what she did is she helped her younger sister uh-huh. with a lot of things, communication uh-huh. issues and playing time and all that. So um, that turned into mm-hmm. a credit for her. Um, That's so a great idea. Even you know, like I mentioned, my daughter just like her, um, you know, horse lessons, which were for occupational therapy, turned into a horse credit. So if mm-hmm. you can turn it into a credit, that's great. Sometimes social studies, you know, can be oh, yeah. like ABA or something like that. That mm-hmm. can be like social studies credit or something. But of course, it depends on how we rephrase that. If, if depends on what the potential is. And I think it's important to know mm-hmm. to recognize like uh, what your mission is as for homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes with kids, with I mean, my, my kids, I, I knew... Uh, Two of the three, I wasn't sure about my daughter at the time, you know, we're probably going to end up in college. Um, the third one, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure she's was going right. to be able to. And it turned out she, she was, she did. Uh, but, but sometimes you might have a kid with certain disabilities and you're just like, no, that's not going to happen. We're just trying to get him to do basic activities of daily living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, and you just have, you just gear everything to that. So sort of knowing what the, what the goal is and trying to help them maximize towards that goal, which can change with time. Right. Yes, it can change with time and, and their interests change. So, I mean, just even, you know, what you were talking about with your daughter, um, they discover new things about themselves and about the world and it takes them on a little bit of a detour of a path. And, and eventually they kind of get there. <laughs> I think exactly. we stress we stress out way too much about, you know, where where, where they're going to end up and they, they kind of figure it out on their own. That's we just true. have to be calm on our side. <laughs> <laughs> that makes them it's anxious. So true. It's so true. And, and, yeah. and especially when they get like into the older grades, when they um, decide to, um, you know, like at some point it gets to the point where you really can't make them do school. <laughs> you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, my girls were that way with math all the way until it was the last credit they got in high school. I mean, it was because they waited to the end. Um, yeah. it, um, so, so you have certain uh, boundaries where like, no, you have to learn this to graduate. Mm-hmm. And other times it's like, okay, just let it go. It doesn't matter if they want to learn it, they can learn it later. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the so question I've had been going on in the back of my mind, and I didn't put it on our, our list that we prepared ahead of time, but um, that anxiety of we're not getting everything done or we're not getting, you know, enough done. And you, maybe you even wrote out a week schedule and half of it's left because it was a bad week. How do you as a parent deal with that and then how do you help your student also manage that my kids didn't seem to have a problem with it <laughs> I don't know what I think they didn't really if they, they didn't get something done it's like you know they, they, mm, that's good yeah. they were fine um but uh, in my case I, I felt like oh, the schedule says this we have to be at this point at this time mm. and so it was a real learning curve for me to learn when to let go and like sometimes yeah. there are things that we and we need to get done at other times. It's like, well, I know this was a great plan, but mm-hmm. it got to happen and moves to something else. Latin started started like that. We, we really do Latin. It lasted a couple of weeks, and I realized this isn't working. Yep. We have the whole plan. You know, it, it just did not work. Mm. Um, so I try to put some flexibility in the schedule. And, and what I, I've told my patients, because um, I help my patients a lot with mm-hmm. uh, homeschooling or other issues, it's just, you know, like, this is where it's good to know what your mission is also up front. So for me, it was the yeah. learning facts was not as important as critical thinking, mm. Christian values, character, mm-hmm. um, those types of issues. And so, so whenever nothing got done that day, it's like, well, okay, did they do the, the, those things? Did we have to right. talk about the problem? Did they show some good character? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I come back to those. And, and, and generally, every day, those things got done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just Learning so to good. let go. And then when the kids got older, I think like again, the math, you know, the girls, we just put it on hold for a couple of years. We didn't do math. Mm. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I knew my one daughter was college bound and I'm like, I couldn't get, I love, yeah. I was an engineer I, you know, um, before medical school. Uh-huh. So for me, it was like, how oh, come my kids don't like math? They have to like math. We got to do math, you know. <laughs> but just like, no, it's just that they were so excelling at other things. And mm. that's right. This is their life, not my life. I, I can't live my life 
through them. Yes. Um, oh, that's so good. I got to figure out what they wanted to do with their life and try to really help them meet those goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did have to learn some basic algebra. <laughs> but, but we did that at the very last minute. But by that point, they were motivated. They were older. It was like, yes. you band, you have to have certain competencies before you graduated. So they did mm-hmm. make it through. And we yeah. to help. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it, I think that homeschooling is it's a lifestyle, but it's also it's, it's a great education for parents. Um, because mm. if you just went to work and send your kids off to school, you don't really know your kids. And to me, yeah. I, and I don't think I did until I really got to you know, be with them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad to have that time. Um, and so, so for me, I had to learn then, okay, how do I cope with this? And mm-hmm. it's like letting things go with that work really important. Yeah, so. yeah. I, 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 you pulled, pulled up the word coping. And I, I want to focus on on that a bit, because sometimes we have to teach our children coping skills for dealing with their their medical issues and just even pressing through sometimes when things are hard. Um, what what are some things that you recommend to, to families that they can do as as like a family to really um, to pull together to to help one another? Um, but but then also as long-term life skills for their children to become adults and to how do I persevere through a chronic illness or through difficulties the, based on whatever disability that we have? And that, that's, that, that's a really tough question too. It's, it's actually pinpoint like, how do you do this? Um, mm-hmm. the, um, my, my son is probably, probably a good example for this one. The girls were a little more, you know, really easy going, um, but he, um, <laughs> Yeah, he got very frustrated himself if he couldn't do something. Um, mm-hmm. He um, it turned out he was really good at soccer, so he played soccer. Hmm. Um, that I mean, he, he was he was really really good with that. But he um, but he's also very hard on himself. Yeah, um, so, oldest in the same way. <laughs> so one time he uh, he got mad at himself and he decided to put his fist, you know, he tried to put it through a, or hit the. Um, the bleacher um, or the seat he was on, it was like a very hard structure. He didn't break it in his hand. So there he sort of learned by doing, you know, it's uh-huh. like, don't you have done better? But we always try to do the deep breathing, count to 10, you know, like remove yourself from the situation. We tried talking about, you know, those those types of things. So when he got mm-hmm. really aggravated, um, most of the time he was frustrated himself, but sometimes mm-hmm. at other people. Yeah. Uh, so we had plans ahead of time as to what to do. Um, but when he's gotten to be in high school, it was like, I couldn't be there as closely. So that was one thing he did mm. on the field you know, when I couldn't be down there. Um, so, but, but we talked about over what to do, what, okay, what can we do next time? You know, if you get really that angry, you know, what can you do? Right. Um, but it would help at that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's where, where he was also one that you could talk to your blue in the face, but he had to learn from experience. Yes. So, yeah. Um, so a lot of it was knowing that that's the way he learned. Um, but really trying to help with the self-esteem, um, mm. you know, but I would tell the kids, because they would feel, uh, especially as they get older, they would know that like, okay, they're, you know, they're different. They have problems. Mm. And I they say, we, everybody has a problem. You know, we all have yes. some problems, something we're not good at. Everybody mm-hmm. has at least one. Most of us have more than that. Um, <laughs> and it's good to know what those difficult areas are. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to dwell on it, but like, that's why I always think concentrate on the things that they do well. And the things that there's issues with, it's like, okay, those are some things we need to work on. We all have mm-hmm. to work on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that, I think that really helped them because my son was into sports, my daughter into dance, and then horse, I mean, between all those activities, right. they knew they had to work at those things. Mm-hmm. So we tried to use some of the same concepts, like, okay, let's just apply that just to coping with your illness and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um with Lyme disease, um, when you treat that, you uh, can get something called herxing, which is a die-off reaction, and mm. it can sort of make you feel really bad uh, when mm. that's going on. Um, so we have to sort of take it slowly. And, of course, the time you're thinking, like, oh, they want to go to dance, they want to go to soccer, but right. if they're having issues, like, you know, it's, it's just hard to know. So that, that, it's real important for them to realize, okay, this isn't you. You are not the disease, okay? Mm. You're trying to differentiate they mm-hmm. are, it's been apart from their disease or disability or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was pretty frank with them. I explained them what their diagnoses were. Some, some parents like to keep that from the kids. Um, mm-hmm. Mine were probably a little older, so I, I felt it was important to talk to them about it, but not in a way that, this, that they're victims or that they're handicapped. Right. It mm-hmm. wasn't like that at all. 
Yeah, we all have something. These are just mm-hmm. some of their areas. And so they might have to, they have auditory processing. They might have to listen a little harder or ask someone to repeat right. something. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you had, if you had a broken leg, you would have a crutch. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, you would use it because you needed it. Right. So, so trying to figure out those coping skills. And that's real important when they get to um, the college years or employment or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, they're now suddenly their own advocate. You know, yes. you IEPs and then your know, parents and, you know, if you're in public school teachers or, you know, help with that. Um, but when they get older, they have to be their own advocate. And that mm-hmm. was a good way to call too. Like in college, like if he, my son needed extra time, you know, he had to ask for the extra time, you know. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. Don't they don't know. listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to learn to be their own advocates as well. Mm-hmm. Coping. So for them to be their advocates, they had to understand their disability and diseases Mm-hmm. Um, in such a way that they can advocate for themselves, but not in a victim mentality. I didn't want that at all. I wanted them to be victors right. of it. Yeah, I, oh, I like that. Instead of victims, victors. <laughs> and, and yes, we all do have bad days. We all, you know, have deficits. Some hide them better than others. Um, and and to have your child have an understanding of that as they're growing up. And just yeah. that we we see people for, you know, what's good in them. And, um, and yeah, and then we, we come alongside and like you just explained about all your, your children, you know, having different giftings and, and it it is beautiful to to see that it's, it's best that we don't all have the same gift (laughs) and we just be competing with each other. (laughs) Exactly. That's so true. Awesome. So if you are watching, I forgot to, to say this, and we have quite a few viewers watching live right now. Um, if you want to put in a comment or a question where you're watching from, if you have a question for Valerie um, while we're on live, we would love to um, entertain that if it's related to the topic. We're talking about um, homeschooling and chronic illnesses today, um, and we'd love for you to be a part of that conversation, or you can just sit and listen and we'll, we'll just continue on with the questions, but um, we're glad that you're here with us and, um, and we'd love for you to, to join us if, um, if you'd like. Um, so as we're kind of going through our, our questions, Valerie, um, we had, um, we had thought maybe we would talk a little about um, home environment and just what can you do within your home environment to make it more healing and um, and to to just make it naturally a, a more conducive setting for when your students, your children are having those bad days to kind of feel comforted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so our home was set up, um, I mean, we basically had a lot of occupational therapy type things. In the ah, uh-huh. We had those you know, Pilates balls. We had different balancing things, um, uh, just all sorts of different you know, things for them to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they had fun doing that. So there's also just of course. <laughs> where the TV was. So they got to do things while they watched you know, TV, which we mm-hmm. tried to minimize. And eventually we did get rid of the TV set, by the way. But, <laughs> but for a while there was sort of good motivation to make a work mm-hmm. on the same, the same time. So they had, had an activity room for that. Um, the girls had, um, they had a dining room area. We, we actually just wasn't, we turned it into a homeschool area. So they had a mm-hmm. big table and all their stuff was there. Um, so they actually really liked it because it was their area. Right. Um, had fun with that. My son just preferred to be in his, his room. You know, mm-hmm. he was, that's where he was. So I tried to move him someplace else. Nope. They didn't do <laughs> had to go with what he did. So I always had a lot of just resources around all the time. So just mm. you know, they always just pick up different books, you know, that they mm-hmm. might want to read. Um, a lot of educational. Um, like like I, I, we try not to watch TV per se very much, but we did have like some videos that you know, um, like a lot of um, a lot of the, the girls' history, especially was um, was done with um, historical. Um, fiction or sorry, historical type movies. Yeah, uh-huh. so, uh, so, so we would have those and then, you know, it was like their way to sort of have downtime, but then I right. got education there as well. Um, so um, since the army and the place that on the yard, so, so we tried to like just have different things where they could naturally gravitate to and then just mm-hmm. stay there. Um, because they had their room set up to however they wanted as well, just because it's their own personal expression. Mm-hmm. Um the um, my daughter, um, the one who loved that was a writer. I mean, she was always going through journal books, so we always mm. made sure that it was available for her. Does, yeah, 
Um, and then, of course, I'm, I'm, just because I'm going to do herbalism and naturopathy, too, a lot mm-hmm. of that became part of their, um, you know, their curriculum as well. Mm-hmm. So they, um, they, had to, they had to had to understand their supplements. Um, yes. Actually, we had a course in called, let me find the name of my course, it's called Natural Health and First Aid. It was a class that all of them took. Oh, so they wow. had to understand their treatment mm-hmm. um, and to know, like, you know, whether it was a medicine or herbs or supplements, whatever, they, they needed right. to understand what mm-hmm. it was. I knew why they were taking it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's so important. It really is. Mm-hmm. And to, to the treatment, um, you know, um, you know, and of course everything was out here ready for them and just because mm-hmm. it was part of our life. Um, but I also did a lot of things with, um, you know, just, just with you know, diet as well. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, gluten-free um, diet, um, you know, we all were on that. And just trying to have as many you know, fruits and vegetables and real mm-hmm. food. I, I, we talked about the differences between um, what, what is food. Food is something that actually nourishes your body. Just because you eat it and you don't die, that does not mean it's a food. Um, <laughs> I like that. I might use yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's no point. And I, I tell my patients now, too, you're either feeding health or you're feeding disease. Mm-hmm. And it goes fits in one of the other categories. So if you're going to eat a bunch right. of junk food, you just fed disease and you just made the health condition worse. Mm-hmm. That said, we all sometimes can't eat perfectly. So if you do need a treat, you just enjoy that, you know, just for a little bit and then move right. on from there. So we don't want to put guilt on that necessarily, but we have to realize that, you know, food does feed one or the other. Right. Yeah. I think my natural practitioner says 70%. If you're doing 70%, it's better than nothing. <laughs> if you're over the, the edge of, yeah, 50-50. I call my business the healthy path because mm. it's a path. We're all on a journey. Life is a mm. journey. And hopefully we're always trying to make things better and better as we go on. Yeah. Sometimes little detours, we have to go back and repeat part of the path. And, <laughs> uh, walk on a tangent. Nope, no, that was the wrong way. I got to come back. Um, yeah. so, so it is a journey. Mm-hmm. And I think you not to be really hard on yourself if you can't, you know, mm-hmm. do it perfectly. Because most of us don't jump to the finish line. Yeah. You know, even myself. But each year, everyone's just making better and better choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so my kids got taught all of that. Oh, that's um, awesome. Points about, you know, water and exercise. Mm-hmm. And that too. So um, that's what we, we try to do. And it um, seemed to work. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're developing a culture within your, your home and values as, you know, you do things. It's like we travel with our Berkey, um, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and people are like, what is that? And, you know, well, we, we just filter our water. And so we just <laughs> bring it on trips with us. But, um, and our kids don't eat, you know, they don't think that's strange because that's what we do. Um, and so what, whatever you do on a regular basis becomes just this natural way of, of a lifestyle and living and it, it creates a norm for you. And yeah, the more you can do that's healing, um, and, and to equip your kids for when they make those own choices themselves, that's a lot of it right there. And looking back, I mean, I, I guess I maybe instinctively did a lot of that, but I think it was mm-hmm. so important because especially when they go off to college, actually my son, um, I was trying to tell his dad, you know, I think he needed to wait a year. And like both he and my son and my uh, husband just wanted him to you know, go off to OSU college and he got into the engineering school and mm-hmm. you know, he did awesome. But I'm like, oh, he's not ready. I just know he's not ready. Um, but he went and mm-hmm. turned out he came back about mid-year because he wasn't ready. Uh-huh. <laughs> It was really hard on my son that he was, um, he was, um, you know, because basically there's a lot of shame with that. He had to come back, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he dropped, his grade point average was still good, but he dropped classes before it turned turned into something yeah. bad. Uh-huh. And he really had to come back home. But it was like, no, okay, that's okay. You learn yeah. some things here. So now we're going to go to the local college and you're going, you know, you just go learn some more things and how to right. do college. And he did, he was very successful. So, so there's great. always one, he's the one that again, learns by experience. Um, but yeah. I think it's trying to make it so that you're not, you know, you try to make things so they can learn to cope, you know, when they're in college yes. or, mm-hmm. or whatever you're doing down the road. I think that's that's a real important goal. Yeah, yeah. I know you wanted to touch on a little bit um, home college for teens yes. and adults. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Hey, um, is that something you guys have talked about at all? We your- haven't really, no. Mm-mm. This is something that's, it's, it's, you can take this concept sort of far or you can, well, um, basically there's a whole concept behind it. So, so a lot of times people know about like you can do college online. 
Okay. So, right. so that that's still where you're, um, you know, you're, you're part of that school. You're just taking online classes. You just do it at home instead of going to school. So that's mm-hmm. not necessarily what I'm talking about. So home college is sort of a continuation of homeschooling. So homeschooling is 12th grade and under. Home college mm-hmm. would be advanced beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is ways where you sort of can design your own college program. Now, you can either go the accredited route, which will get an accredited degree, mm-hmm. or you can go a non-accredited route where you're doing things just for your own person. Um, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I see, who should I use for an example? Um, so... Um, I just use my middle daughter. So she, um, this is too extreme to this. So, so um, basically she, she was one who got really bored in homeschooling. She, she got to the point where she would mm-hmm. do hardly anything. And I'm like, what is wrong? I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And what turned out to be is that That's my middle child. child. It must be a middle child thing. <laughs> I tried to punish her. Well, that didn't work. She just didn't care. Didn't yeah. mm-hmm. do anything. You know, she, she just, I was like, what do I do? It turned out she was bored. Okay, so mm-hmm. even though I was trying to give her challenging things in high homeschooling, it wasn't enough. So, I mean, we just put her into college classes. So, so what we would do mm-hmm. is, um, it, okay, so what I mean by that is um, there's way different ways of getting college credit. Okay, so let's just talk about doing it the accredited route first. Okay, so okay. this is when we don't sign up to go to a, a, a specific college at, 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 um, on the onset. So you mm-hmm. might do things like CLEP tests. Are you guys familiar yes. with that? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's basically where you study a subject and you're just going to take a test and you get into the get... credits. Right. Usually, mm-hmm. when my kids were doing it, it was about $100. Mm-hmm. So three or six credits. I mean, that is like really phenomenal. Yeah, there's whole organizations in the homeschooling realm yes. that does do those. So yes. you don't have to look so, very so, far. So, mm-hmm. so, they, so she and my son were both really good test takers. So they did a lot of credits that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter, um, so we actually... Um, Put her, um, had her take um, German at the local community college uh, for her first year. And then the second year, she actually did in Germany as a 16-year-old um, oh. for, for the summer. So she went and did that. And that was with another school. Um, this is, so basically, she did different learning experiences. Uh, so some things she took at a college, some things were online. She did a lot mm-hmm. of things through university, which uh, Liberty University is a Christian school, but yep. you don't have to be mm-hmm. a Christian to go there. Um, and they have a very lenient transfer policy. So you can oh, have like about that. three quarters of your credits can be from somewhere else. Wow. And only a quarter has to be taken huh. from them. So hmm. it's really awesome. So they, this is a very yeah. liberal accepting claps, accepting mm. things from all different places. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. my, uh, my third daughter, uh, she ended up like, I mean, she didn't want to take the typical histories. Um, so she, she did like archaeology and I forgot what the other one was. But but, hmm. but those counted and transferred in as right. a history. Huh. Um, you can take the award classes you want from anywhere, really in the world. Hmm. So the world is open to you to take these classes anywhere, but you need to make sure they transfer someplace. Um, right. Your endpoint college will accept them. Hmm. So Liberty is a big one for that. And there's also another school called Thomas Edison. It used to be State College. I think it's now called State University. But Thomas okay. Edison is another one that accepts hmm. um, uh, um, um, a, lot, a lot of credits, diverse hmm. credits. Um different places and you just take a small amount there hmm. so um so basically that's what they both did um um and my, both my girls did that they um they were I mean, gosh, i'm trying to think how to explain this but, but um the, the things got transferred in just just you know very well with them um and so they ended up getting an accredited degree so um okay and so so that's what we're but basically so a lot of things you're sort of planning on your own but so I'm, but basically i'm acting as their guidance counselor and mm-hmm. help them with credit so um i have a page on my website called home college um I, and we'll talk about the website at the end but it sort of goes yeah, through this we'll procedure right a little bit more um, mm-hmm. but, but the idea is that you're sort of continuing the idea of hope of like high school, but you're continuing it, you know, to manage it for the kids. And it's like, okay, they need to work on you know, a choice between this, this, this course, that course, which one do you want? You know? And, oh, yes. And you can take it anywhere and it just opened up so many possibilities. Um, now the other way you want to take that to a more of an extreme. So like, um, my kids, they all wanted to get the accredited degree. They didn't want to say mm-hmm. mom said that, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'll buy the degree. Um, so, but another way to do this, which a lot of people are um, are sort of, um, um, and I would say a lot. I mean, I, I've seen seen this concept around, mm-hmm. is where you just throw out the whole accreditation altogether because most mm-hmm. of the accreditation isn't worth anything anyway. Right. Um, a lot of times, they take things you're not interested in. How how good is the education anyway? Mm-hmm. So the idea is you can actually design 
your own program, a, a, a course of education to, um, for whatever that the, the student wants to do. So mm-hmm. um, my, my one daughter um, took a year to, we call it a gap year at the time, but, but yep. it could have easily been um, more like a home college idea where she mm-hmm. did a lot of personal development, um, uh, just philosophy, um, oh gosh, and just psychology and just a lot of mm-hmm. things she did on her own. And she mm-hmm. learned it better than she would have taken a, taken a class in it. Right. Um, yep. And the thing is, all of that information is what she's now using to do her uh, her coaching career. Mm-hmm. So, in, but that's more valuable than the courses that she ended up taking, you know, to get her uh, accredited degree. Right. So, um, so I think if you depending on where your kid your kiddo is and what their goals mm-hmm. are, you know, you don't have to go to college. You can either plan a gap year type of thing, which mm-hmm. is educational. You can travel. Um, you can then you can still design your own credits for it, just like you would a high school credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not accredited. Okay, so, yeah. so you can't say I've got a college degree, but you can say I have a college equivalency, which may work in some careers. Oh, some yeah, I never even thought about calling it that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a real different concept on it. And I think mm-hmm. it's because if I, I just think back to the things that I've learned. I have learned right. so much more <laughs> on my own outside yeah, of the exactly. college system. Uh-huh. The system. So this is, um, I think this is the way like a lot of the founding fathers did things where they learned things mm-hmm. on their own. You know, yeah. they, they, books. they did law, they turned just mm-hmm. law books. Uh, so it's trying to you know, bring that, that idea back again. So again, it's not, it's not for everybody. Right. Um, and it's, um, but I think the, the accredited program where you can actually, um, what I find with my, with um, my college um, patients is that they cannot do a full load and have uh-huh. Lyme disease. It's just that it is, they're struggling big time. College is like the number of credits you have to do you know, to be full time, which you have to basically sort of have to do to make it worthwhile to be on campus. <laughs> just mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's just so taxing on the brain. Um, mm-hmm. It takes so much energy. You know, most of the patients just can't can't do it. So, wow. so this is where the idea of taking the claps, you know, there's other ways of getting um, earning credits. Um, on your own, um, you know, any way, you know, you can do it, you can do it part-time in those cases. So you can still have your disability, have your medical problem, mm-hmm. whatever it is, work around that and do what you can right. working towards that goal and transfer it to someplace that can accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been very, very helpful to the students that will do that. The ones that, and sometimes the parents and the kids just say, no, my kid's got to get through school. They got to do it in four years. And but then we, we need you to make them perfect. And it's like, Oh, just so, yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. a realistic expectation. So, um, mm-hmm. so trying to figure out a way to still, you can still go to college or, you know, um, mm-hmm. but, but do it in a way that they can do it. Right. So, yeah. Too, so that if you have some that are going off to college, there's some colleges that are so much better at handling disabilities than right. others. Yes, exactly. Some of them, they, they, yeah, they meet the letter of the law, but they don't, <laughs> they're not helping. <laughs> and others actually go way above and beyond. They do. So, mm-hmm. Into that as well as if that's a career path. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my third daughter, she Great just uh, ended up just getting an associate degree because she didn't need to go anywhere. She she's not a school type person, mm-hmm. uh, so she she's learned a lot on her own. Um, she's done a lot of theater. She's now in circus school. She's mm. you know, a lot of these fun things. Um, right, just those on her own, which means more to her than. Mm. So the college degrees. So yeah, yeah, and a lot of those courses that aren't accredited sometimes they give you certifications too. Yes, and they do count for a lot. That's another excellent way of going. Um, So you can take a small amount of courses, or they just. Just one course, you know, and mm-hmm. you can still, right now she's doing a, getting a coaching certificate um, by taking a, 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 a program, I guess. Right. You call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what she's wanting to do. And mm-hmm. um, so. And then also like one of the one who wants to be a writer, um, and she's writing. She's she's doing the writing. Yeah, yeah you just do it. Right. And exactly. Uh-huh. Like to, it's not always like you have to follow this career path. There's other ways of of working with your disability or working with your medical mm-hmm. condition to try to meet the goals in a different way. Yeah. And we found too, you know, asking people within the industry does it even make sense to do school? Because my daughter's talking about going into tattooing and we we looked at a couple tattooing schools and we talked to a tattoo artist and she goes, everybody would laugh at you if you went to tattoo school. You got to apprentice. <laughs> and so we're like, good, don't waste the money. But, you know, it's good to ask around, you know, what what would you accept for moving, going into this career? Right, that's a good point. 
But but yeah, again, it's it's what whatever they need to learn. And, and some are more self-directed and they aren't going to learn the best like you were talking about within that student teacher environment They're The more they play around with it, actually, the more they're going to learn. Uh-huh. And and so um, that's but but our kids, you know, if we've homeschooled them long enough, like you have with yours, um, they should know that by the time they get that age as to how best right. they learn they and again, learn. manage right. their Oh, and manage their their ups and down days if they have a chronic illness, too. Exactly. I think it's much more so than they would if they were in public school. Mm-hmm. Um, you're able to, I think, to meet those goals much better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for expanding on that. I, I, we have not really touched on that very much. Um, and it's good for parents to know that there are other options out there because we always feel like, well, it's either, you know, trade school or they're doing life skills or, you know, they're, and we've yeah, talked a little bit about gap years, but, but yeah, there's so many options. I think if you choose a gap year, too, is what I've told people before. And like, let's say they have to take off a year because, uh, because of um, uh, their illness or, you know, their disability. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually tell them, okay, you need to do something with your new time off. Okay, so, so yes. if you want to tell people, like, you don't want to say, well, I sat at home because I had a disability. You know, like, what did you do at that time? Maybe you, you read mm-hmm. an expert at World War II. You read all these books. Um, right. You know, maybe, um, maybe you did take a trip, you know, uh, someplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did you learn from that? Or um, maybe you volunteer someplace. Uh, someplace right. So, uh, so trying to do something with that time. And that's still sort mm-hmm. of like a, uh, like a, I call the home college or uncollege type of um, of because right. you're still learning. So as long as you're mm-hmm. learning and improving, you know, then you know you're meeting your goals. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how my middle one got two gap years, but <laughs> it worked out that way. He got one right after high school. And then he just, he had a major physical disability issue that ended up him back at square one this last year. And so he got another gap year. <laughs> He's been well, trying to heal. He's probably learning more in that mm-hmm. time than I would if he was just taking the typical. Yes, because otherwise he'd be just working a nine to five job and, you know, and and just doing and he's, you know, you create that lifestyle of learning within your children and it's something, you know, we've bred in them because <laughs> they they just want to learn. They'll be picking up books and, you know, he's always telling us new historical facts about something. And so, That's yeah, yeah that and critical thinking, I think, are the two. Yes. You know, know how they, to teach yourself and critical think. Uh, those mm-hmm. are yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So I, we've got just a couple minutes left, Valerie, and I would love for you to share about um, your website and the resources that you have on there for, for families. Um, I'm going to bring up the website here. So if you're listening on the podcast, it's the, and then a dash healthy dash path.org. You'll also get there if you left the dashes out and just the healthy path.org, it'll, it'll take you there as it'll well. It'll take you there too? Okay, that's yeah, good this to know. Is the official. This is the official one. The other one okay. is sort of a back door. Um, so yeah, the website's mostly about Lyme disease and you know, problems associated with Lyme disease, um, um, mm-hmm. other co-conditions that go along with Lyme disease. Uh, but the readers that are the, um, I think your um, audience would be interested in the, I call it the healthy section. So it's mm-hmm. um, a healthy diet, healthy exercise, healthy sleep, Healthy stress management. There's a whole section mm. there on just um, how to be healthy. Um, yeah. That's anybody. So I think um, that would be an interesting section. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, one tab on um, home co- homeschooling and another one for home college. So there's awesome. a lot of links there and how to get started um, as well. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully that – I think i got some favorite books. There's miscellaneous mm. topics out there that <laughs> may be interesting <laughs> as well. Uh, so, cool. But this, this is a really good line, um, but I think um, – and you know, other sections would be helpful too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, there's just, you know, chronic illnesses. But they, it's surprising how many people I have that I've run into that have been talking about having Lyme disease. And, you know, we've got a couple of minutes left. Is it just that we haven't been diagnosing it or is it becoming more prevalent of an issue? A little bit of both. It's mostly that this has not been diagnosed. Everybody that I have seen with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome and autoimmune diseases of any sort all have Lyme disease as the root cause. Really? So are missing it. It is epidemic and it's being missed hmm. everywhere. So, um, yeah. Uh, and so, so Lyme disease is the acute form. You, know, you get a rash, you feel sick for, you know, like flu-like mm-hmm. symptoms. 
acute form, but there's also a chronic form um, that you just you're just tired, you're just you know aches and pains, maybe mm-hmm. you've got to stuff some anxiety, depression might be thrown into there, um, mm-hmm. just you know, different symptoms in various organ parts, and you're thinking like, is my child a hypochondriac? Well, they may have Lyme disease. Wow, that's so, that's really good that, to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of um, and of course the whole um, pans and pandas. Yes. Mm-hmm. That. So that's mostly dealing around strep. And strep is a chronic infection, can cause mm-hmm. those illnesses. So what happens is most of the people with pans and pandas actually have Lyme and a lot of other infections too. So you have really? to, the way hmm. to work on fixing that, of course, is to get the balance back because our immune system, if it's strong, you know, should handle it. But mm-hmm. it's also changing our terrain to make our terrain healthy so that it can then not let mm. it grow and some that shouldn't be there. Wow. Wow. So it's, yeah, it's a long-term, like you were saying, the talking about the die off and, and just mm-hmm. getting, getting reset. Um, yes. Yes. Wow. Um, so it is a, it's just a huge problem there. And it can also cause Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, a lot of the dementias out there. I have heard those are related to inflammation. So I guess that would make sense. Yeah, and I've asked them, where's the inflammation come from? Mm. Okay, it's either toxins or infections and a lot of times both. So, right. huh. um, wow. You know, so Lyme disease is, is an area where they don't, they, they politically do not want to have much of that. So they made mm. the testing so that it, it, uh, um, it looks like it's person doesn't have it. Mm. Like we're We'll get a little political, but like COVID testing, they they do just the opposite. They want to make sure um, and make it sound like everybody has it. So mm-hmm. they're, they're both two diseases with lots of politics. With them. Huh. Wow. Wow. I'm sure we could have a whole hour discussion just yeah. on that. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but, well, thank you so much, Valerie. This has been so helpful. And I, um, I know that it, it was a blessing to me just to hear what you had to say. And I know it's just, um, a, going to be a blessing to our community those who joined us um as well as those who are going to listen on the the interview so so thank you just for for taking time out to share with us sharing about your experiences and um just the just the knowledge and wisdom that you have yeah just as i want to encourage you know the parents out there that you know homeschooling can be tough and sometimes you wonder but it's so (laughs) worth it um it's just so i mean to see what you you know how the kids feel develop and grow and, and mm. the time you spend with family and the bonds um you know those yeah. are things you just don't get back you know so I exactly congratulate out there for taking this journey that's awesome Yes. Yeah. Even if you're just one toe in. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yes. And we do want to thank our audience for joining us on this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Um, This broadcast is sponsored by viewers like you. If you'd like to make a tax deductible donation to SPED Homeschool, you can visit our website at spedhomeschool.com and click donate. And we'd appreciate that um, to just keep our resources coming and um, broadcasts like this. This is the end of this month of focusing on um, medical issues and homeschooling. Next month, we're going to be talking about freebies and just um, some free ways that you can supplement or even homeschool without any costs or um, or maybe get to the root of some things that would save you a lot of money in the long run, which is what we're going to talk about next week. Um, we're going to talk with Dr. Jan Bedell again. She'll be back on the show and she's going to talk about neurodevelopmental strategies that improve student success. And so they're, they're just different strategies you can use within your homeschooling using really anything, but they they neurodevelopmentally help your child to make those connections in their brain, which of course make learning easier. And so, um, so you'll want to join us um, for that, that broadcast next week. We'll be right here again on Tuesday from 1230 to 130 central time. So you'll don't want to miss that. Um, and then check out our website at spedhomeschool.com and see all the other resources that we have there. We have quite a few different things to help you get started, keep going, you be encouraged and connect with us and with others. So, um, so definitely check that out as well. So thank you again, Valerie. Appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. And I, I'm so excited I found you because <laughs> I did an internet search and I'm like, who could I have on the show to talk about this? And and Valerie just came up and it was such a godsend. So um, I greatly appreciate um, all that you you shared with us. And I know it'll be a blessing for for many, many years while we have this this out there. 
as a resource for parents. So, and definitely check out Valerie's website at um, thehealthypath.org. And, um, and then I'll see you all next time. Have a great um, week, everybody. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, Do you trust me? Because together we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.